Hi, friends. Welcome to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. I'm Leona Evans, and I'm here once again with my son and co-host, Matthew J. Evans. Hi, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's topic. It's about hope and ways that we can bring more of it into our lives. This is the first week in September 2020, and today we thought it would be important and timely to talk about keeping hope alive within ourselves, within our relationships, and within our visions for the future. Right. It's so important to maintain a sense of hope and all too easy these days to lose it. You know, the phrase losing hope seems to be a common one. How often have we heard people say, things were going well, but I had a setback and I lost hope. And so my question is, where does hope go when we think we've lost it? What happened? How do we know where it is one moment and then it just goes to a place where we don't seem able to find it? I know it sounds that way. It seems like people are just trying to say that they no longer have the hope that they had before. I know that part of this is semantics, but to me, it's significant that we not use the term lost in relationship to hope. Because when we lose something, one minute we have it and the next minute we don't have it. So, is hope something that we can lose or misplace? No, not really. I think it's important that we talk about hope not as an acquisition that we can gain or lose depending on what happens around us, but of a quality that's inherent in the human spirit that can never really be lost to us. In other words, we can't really lose hope. What happens when we feel overwhelmed or defeated is that we lose sight of that hope, of that resilient part of our nature that we need to help us through times of despair. It's not our hope that's gone. It's our awareness that has to be shifted. Right. The problem is that we see hope as a mood that can be changed when outside circumstances change. So we're always at the mercy of whatever happens. Like in a baseball game, if my team is playing well, I have hope that we'll win. But if we start striking out or missing catches, my hope is going to be replaced by disappointment. It seems as though I've lost it, but what really happened was that I let circumstances dictate my feelings. Oh, yes, I'm sure we can all relate to that. That is a really good example. Matthew, do you remember the year that the Chicago Cubs won the World Series? That's obviously a rhetorical question because it was history. Yeah, I do. It was 2016, 108 years since they had previously won a World Series. What an exciting night that was. The seventh game went into overtime. It almost got rained out. It was so intense. We were on the edge of our seat the entire time. Literally. Remember how filled with hope we were when the Cubs would score and how we were suddenly filled with despair if the other team scored a run? Mm -hmm. It was so easy to lose hope, find it again, lose it again, until finally, finally they scored a victory. Now, that kind of emotional roller coaster seems to be part of the fun that we have of watching the game, and it's exciting. Would you agree? Of course. Yeah, that's what makes sports and and all that stuff so great. You're happy, and then you feel like your heart's going to drop, and then then afterwards you walk away saying, wow, that was really fun. Mm -hmm. But it's not so much fun when we have our hopes up for certain goals to manifest in our lives, and suddenly something happens that either dashes our hopes to the ground or steals away our hopes. Now, those are 
two other phrases that I often hear associated with hope. Your hopes are being dashed or somebody is stealing your hope. And and that's kind of sad, you know, because when we use those phrases, we get the impression that we don't have the strength or resilience to try again because our hope has been taken away. Right. Our hope has to be stronger than that because the quality of hope is something that we need to know more about. We need to make every effort to be aware of its power within us and not think of it as something that comes and goes depending on outside circumstances. Hope is one of the abilities or spiritual gifts inherent in the human spirit. It's not just a behavior that comes and goes without our permission. It's a state of mind that forms the foundation for the way we see life and what's possible or not possible for us. Hope is a quality we need to cultivate and keep at the forefront of our consciousness because with our hope, we can find the strength to overcome adversity and to see the light which appears to be buried by darkness. Hope is our link between what's happening now and what is actually possible. And so, right now, I respectfully challenge each of you to get off your affirmation and keep hope alive within you and around you. I just want to say that one more time. I respectfully challenge each of you to get off your affirmation and keep hope alive within you and around you. So we collected some quotes from great thinkers to help us gain a greater insight on this gift of hope and find more ways to hold on to it and let it work for us. Let's begin with a favorite quote of mine by one of the greatest minds the world has ever known, Albert Einstein, who said, It's not that I'm so smart. It's just that I stay with problems longer. Now, I love that quote because although it doesn't specifically use the word hope, It's really all about hope. Anyone who chooses to stay with a problem does so because they still maintain hope that they'll find a solution. Scientists can work in their laboratories for years on the same problems without losing hope because their passion to find the solution includes being willing to accept the disappointments and defeats as a normal part of their work. In other words, they don't say, Oh, this experiment failed again. I've lost hope. It can't be done. They keep working and cultivating the hope that even if it's not today, they're on a path that's moving them closer and closer to the solution. Yeah, that process of failure and trying again is kind of built into the scientific method of research. You have your hypothesis, you test it, And if your results fail, you take that data and revise your hypothesis. There's never a point where someone says, if your hypothesis comes up wrong, you should give up hope. Either the specific hypothesis or individual approach to solving the problem has been disproven, or the available technology just isn't available to provide the necessary data. I mean, look at Einstein. He worked on his theory of relativity for 10 years before his work was accepted by the scientific community. Just think of all the things that were said to be impossible that humanity has managed to achieve so far. I'm going to read a quote from our book called The Evolving Peacemaker, A Commitment to Nonviolence. Before we become overwhelmed by a sense of hopelessness, let us pause to consider the amazing ingenuity 
an inner resolve of the human spirit to accomplish things that have appeared to be impossible. From the Great Pyramids to walking on the moon to finding cures for diseases using advanced technology, humanity has proven time and again to possess an unwavering tenacity and a potential for greatness that goes beyond anything we could possibly imagine. No matter how hopeless the circumstances might seem, humanity has always prevailed and risen above adversity. Now, friends, this is a good exercise to use throughout the course of the day. Just look around you and reflect on the hard work, ingenuity, dedication, and commitment of those who came before us, and even those in the world now who inspire us with their unwavering hope and the tenacity to move forward with their dreams, no matter how dark things have appeared to be. There are many, many amazing and inspiring stories about the power of the human spirit, which can lift us out of a sense of hopelessness and serve to balance our perspective when the going gets tough in our lives. So, I recommend that you take at least three opportunities in the course of your daily activities to think about someone who inspires you, who overcame adversity, who kept their hope at the forefront of all of their activities, and who refused to take no for an answer. As you study and meditate on those individuals, you'll find that they didn't possess anything that you don't have. What they did was recognize and embrace the power and hope within themselves and used it to the best of their ability. Now, take a moment to think about times in your life when you overcame adversity. Now, I'm sure there are more of those times than even you realize. Keep calling forth the hope inside of you. It is in there. It's embedded in your muscle memory. Keep remembering that if anyone has ever accomplished their heart's desire, you can too. Here's another important insight from Nelson Mandela. May your choices reflect your hopes, not your fears. This is really important to remember, especially now when the violent rhetoric and uncontrollable forces of nature seem so overwhelming. There are so many opportunities to lose focus and give in to the fear all around us, and we need to make a conscious choice to remember that our focus needs to stay on what we hope will happen, not what we fear will happen. Exactly. It is the hope that is the stronger of the two. The fear is out of habit. The hope is out of our divine potential that's always asking to be brought forth in our consciousness. Once again, we need to remind ourselves throughout the day to stay ahead of our triggers as much as possible and resist the temptation to focus on our fears. Now, I'm not saying that our fears are not real in many cases or that we should deny them. No, not that at all. I do believe it's very important to acknowledge our fears, but what I'm saying here is not to spend so much time in the fear that we lose sight of our hope once again. Keeping hope alive takes tremendous strength and discipline. Here's a very powerful quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He said, But I know somehow that only when it is dark enough can you see the stars? 
I'm deeply moved by this phrase because history tells us over and over again that humanity doesn't really make changes until we're forced to do so. And this is really a hard idea to accept because having things become so dark for us that we can no longer settle for the status quo implies that we have to do a lot of suffering before we become willing to get out of our comfort zones or to get off our affirmation. Even so, the most important takeaway from this quote is that even when we believe we've exhausted all of our options, that is the time when we're likely to find that ray of hope, that glimmer or starlight that allows us to find our way again. Yeah, there's another meaning I get from this as well. That feeling of pushing toward a goal, of struggling and struggling, being frustrated, and then just finally giving up because I don't know what else to do. In that moment of surrender, I become open to a whole different way of experiencing things. In that moment when it seems that everything is dark and I can't find the way, I realize that the darkness doesn't mean hopelessness. The darkness is actually giving me an opportunity to see something new. It's a new perspective that I didn't see before. It's a chance to do something different. Going back to the scientist analogy, it's like adjusting my hypothesis and then moving forward with renewed hope. Here is a powerful quote by President Barack Obama. He says, in a time of destruction, create something. I love this. It's so simple, yet so profound. When our way of life is being threatened, as it is now, when it seems as though so much is being destroyed around us, every day it seems that we've been asking the question, what more can happen? And every day it seems that something else happens to add to the stress and struggles that we're already experiencing. So instead of asking what more can happen, A more hopeful and powerful question would be, what can I create to make the world a better place? What do I love to do that would bring some joy into my life and the lives of those around me? Is it a craft, a piece of art or music? Is it a piece of poetry or a new recipe? Is it choosing to do a podcast and letting my voice be heard? Whatever you choose to do, Please know that you are altering the direction of your thinking from worst-case scenarios to a hopeful alternative. It's all about energy. It's all about consciously contributing an energy of hope where there is despair. The first episode of our Get Off Your Affirmation podcast was during the early days of the shelter-in-place orders in California due to coronavirus. We were just beginning to understand that our universities were going to be completely online and restaurants and clubs and theaters, concert halls were all closing, and that as musicians, we would no longer have the opportunity to play music with one another. This was a huge creative and financial hit for us, and my friends and I were just reeling with the shock and deep feelings of loss and disappointment. A couple days later, I found out that the famous cellist Yo-Yo Ma had created a project called Songs of Comfort, which was a call for musicians to record themselves from home playing pieces of music that had brought them a sense of peace and then share them online to provide comfort to those who could no longer attend live performances. 
That was such a beautiful and creative idea, responding to what we couldn't do with something that we could do. I recorded and uploaded several pieces over the summer, and it was so rewarding to still be able to share my joy and love for music with others despite not being in a live setting. And since my mom and I were also starting our podcast at that time, it was another new beginning and a creative outlet to share a positive message with all of you. Those creative outlets provided really positive experiences for both of us. Oh, and let's not forget that because Unity of San Luis Obispo had to close its doors, we created our Unity Online Sunday services from home, and that's continued to be an interesting and and innovative creative process. I know that so many of you who are listening out there have great stories about how coming face-to-face with adversity provided new opportunities for you to be creative. We would love to hear some of those stories. Please send a message to our Get Off Your Affirmation Facebook page or through the Contact Us area of our website, getoffyouraffirmation.com. It will be a great pleasure to get to know you, to hear your stories, and to share powerful and positive experiences. I'd like to quote again from our book, The Evolving Peacemaker. All creation begins in our minds. Each of us has been given a rich storehouse of creative ideas that have the potential to contribute to a more peaceful and harmonious environment. These ideas, hopes, and dreams are part of our divine blueprint. Every piece of art, every invention, every cure for a disease, every act of love has begun as an idea. These ideas are within every one of us and are not created by accident. It's our responsibility to recognize them for what they are, develop them, and bring them forth into our environment to create a world of peace. Ideas are God's gift to us, and expressing them is our gift to the world. So, let's recap some of the great quotes we shared today. Albert Einstein said, It's not that I'm so smart. It's just that I stay with problems longer. And that means keep your hope alive and don't be so anxious to quit because what you want is not happening now. We all want peace. We all want harmony. We all want to put an end to violence and racism and prejudice. Does it look like it's happening now? No, it doesn't. But we need to keep hope alive. We need to stay with the problems until we find our solutions, one step at a time, one day at a time, one thought at a time, one action at a time. We've seen it throughout history, and we will continue to see it again as long as there is hope and as long as we realize that we're all in this together. Nelson Mandela stated, May your choices reflect your hopes, not your fears. Keep your mind and heart on what you want to experience, not what you fear. This takes a great deal of discipline because it's easy to fall into panic and lose sight of your hopes. Deal with your fears, process them, come to terms with them regularly, but contain them and don't. Give them free reign in your consciousness. 
Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, But I know somehow that only when it's dark enough you see the stars. Let's not be so afraid of the darkness that we miss the light that it brings. Falling into despair is only part of a process that brings with it humility, wisdom, compassion, and ideas that lift us out of our despair and into greater light than we could ever imagine. Finally, President Barack Obama said, in times of destruction, create something. Remind yourself that there is great potential in the human spirit, great creativity, inventions, innovations, insights that need to fill the space while old ways are being cleared away. Be part of the solution. Let your light shine. Feel the power of ideas. Explore your divine potential. And get off your affirmation to do it. Thanks so much for listening to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. As my mom said before, we're really interested in hearing your stories about how you overcame adversity by looking for new ways to become creative. So please send us a message to our Get Off Your Affirmation Facebook page or through the Contact Us area of our website, getoffyouraffirmation.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening and subscribe to our website so you can be notified whenever we release a new episode. Have a wonderful week. You deserve it.